first, let me tell you about My Patriot Supply. This will lead right into what we're going to talk about uh, next and also uh, on tomorrow. I don't know if you've seen Leave the World Behind, the new Obama film. Uh, you should watch it. You should watch it. Then you should call My Patriot Supply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, MyPatriotSupply.com. Go there now. Get $60 off the much-needed four-week emergency food kit. They're the country's largest preparedness company, and you're fighting chance at survival in the face of real chaos. Sealed inside of rugged packaging, so they float in case there's a flood or whatever. Uh, the meals will last up to 25 years, provide over 2,000 calories a day. I can vouch for the fact it's really good. This is what I have to protect my family. Eat right in emergencies with this four-week food kit from My Patriot Supply. One low price. You can get one for everyone in your family. Just visit MyPatriotSupply.com. Order by 3 p.m. Uh, free same-day shipping. Prepare right now. MyPatriotSupply.com before you leave the world behind. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. As the Trump lead widens, prosecutors step up pursuit. This is from the Washington Examiner. Two things are true today. One, former President Donald Trump's polling nationally in key swing states and in the first voting state of Iowa has never been better. And two, the special counsel appointed by the Biden Justice Department to prosecute Trump is taking a self-described extraordinary measure in a rush to put Trump on trial before the presidential election. Huh. How's that going to work out? Later on in the program, I have Mark Levin on to talk about that. We're also going to talk to an expert uh, about uh, plagiarism and uh, Harvard University and what's going on there. But I want to start with How's all of this going to work out? I'll tell you in 60 seconds. First, time to take your firearms training to the next level with Mantis X. This is a great, great Christmas gift. If you're not a gun owner, you should be. And if you are, uh, you should know that keeping your firearms training is an important responsibility when you go to the gun range when you can, when you can afford it. But with Mantis X, you could improve your shot, whether you're firing live ammunition or you're just dry fire practicing. And dry fire practicing really does, I mean, it's an amazing thing how much it helps you. 
It's a high-tech, easy-to-use system, widely used by the military, helps you improve your shooting quickly. You attach it to your firearm and connect it uh, with an app on your smartphone or tablet via Bluetooth. Then, whether you're firing actual rounds or even dry fire practicing, it'll give you instant feedback on what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. Uh, I want you to uh, I want you to go now to mantisx.com. Mantisx.com. Again, this makes a, a perfect Christmas gift. Get it now. Mantisx.com. Okay. So yesterday on yesterday's uh, broad podcast, uh, we talked about how does this end? I mean, let's just play this out. How does this end? The next 12 months are going to decide America's future. And think of the pressures that are upon us. You've got war. Uh, If we have time, I'll get into what's happening in Ukraine and what the president did yesterday. And, you know, we played yesterday the audio of, uh, of Lindsey Graham and John McCain in 2016 saying, Right after the election, this is going to be the year 2017. We're coming and we're going to teach Russia and Putin a lesson. And that didn't happen. I think Trump thwarted that. So what happens? His second term is lost and we go where? Right into Ukraine. So we have that. We have the economy. We have the trouble on our streets. We have all these pressures on us. And now let's throw this log on the fire. We have Donald Trump and Joe Biden running. In normal scenarios, that wouldn't necessarily be so bad. But we're not in a normal scenario. You have Donald Trump running, who the left is trying to knock out. They're trying to take your choice away. They're trying to make sure that he can't run, and they're doing, using every trick in the book. How does that work out, do you think? If Donald Trump is, goes to jail, do you think there's maybe 20%? Eh, hell with that. 10% of our nation that will not stand for that? I think that's a pretty easy bet. What do they do? I don't know. What does the FBI help them do? I don't know. So if he if he goes to jail, bad news. If he doesn't go to jail and Biden runs, let me ask you. Biden runs and he wins. Is anybody on the left or anybody on the right going to believe it? I'm not. I mean, I just have a really hard time. If there's anything funny going on, I'll have a really hard time. If he loses, what's that outcome? We'd be happy. Do you think the left is just going to sit around and not set the country on fire? Do you think they're not going to do what Hillary Clinton said to do with Joe Biden last time? Never concede, never concede, never concede. It was a stolen election. So you got the same scenario. So how, so what, what is the plan? That I can't come up with another way out on those two things. 
Trump wins. Biden wins. Trump goes to jail. Trump doesn't go to jail. Biden loses. I mean, I can't think of other scenarios. And I'm pretty good at this. Okay. Let me give you one more. How does this one end? Biden runs. We're getting up to the election. They decide there's there's not going to be a debate. And we all know it's because Biden, in a year from now, is going to degrade even more cognitively. And so he's looking worse and worse when he does speak. And so they keep him out and there's no debates. That's not going to work out well. And if that's happening, people will know both in and out of the Democratic Party. Oh, my dear Lord, it's Kamala is going to be the president. If she's the president at any time, the world's on fire. But I don't think anybody wants her to be the president on the left. So what happens? Kamala Harris replaces as the top of the ticket. Trump wins. Unbelievable streets on fire, right? But if Biden and the Democrats know that he's not going to make it, what they should do is replace Kamala Harris. But they can't because she was a token. Remember, I'm going to find a black woman. Oh, okay. well, let's not go get the best person. Let's just go get the person of color. If you want to know how that ends, just see what's happening at Harvard right now. The left will set the streets on fire. So there's no way out there. Now let me share something with you that only the Democratic Party can do. The Democratic Party, after the election of Ronald Reagan, they, they did not want that to happen to them. Some outsider cannot just come in. What do the people know? So we need to have veto power, and they're called superdelegates. These superdelegates at this point have all been chosen by Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. They're in the bag for all the elites. And it is within their purview to vote against what the public has voted for. So you're a Democrat. You out to the polls. You vote for Joe Biden, and they get together and they say, Joe Biden is a disaster. Nobody really wants him, but nobody stepped up to take it from him. We can't make this happen. We can't let this happen. It'll be disaster. And so they have the power then to override the vote of the primary. And they can nominate hmm, Michelle Obama. People ask all the time, who's really running the country? My guess is the traffic between Georgetown and the White House, pretty high. My guess is it's the Obama administration that is actually running this place. And they're letting him do all of the, all of the tough things. All of the tough things. Let him do it. He serves one term. Who could possibly be elected on such a short period of time? Who has the name recognition? Who has the trust? Who can remind people how great it was that, remember when Barack was in, 
in office. We just got started and then we had to leave and oh, and then Donald Trump and we're going to finish this. It's the first female black president, Michelle Obama. The only one that is going to have a problem with this in the Democratic Party will be Michelle Obama. She doesn't like the country. She hated the White House. But boy, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be something? The only, as a fiction writer, the only scenario that works for me that I can see playing out in anything other than a disaster. But as always, the Democrats always have a win-win scenario. It's always bad for America, but it's win-win for them. He runs, he loses, the country set on fire, the president still has executive power, he takes control. It was an unfair uh, and rigged election, and January 6th and whatever, the streets are on fire for at least three months if there's inauguration. I'm not saying there wouldn't be, but streets are on fire for three months. Dramatically impacts America. Okay, that's a win if you're trying to destroy the country. And then if you realize that the globalists are really the ones who are buying, you know, $15 million homes on islands who couldn't pay their student loans when they got into the presidency. If you realize those globalists are really the ones behind the scenes pulling the strings anyway, all you would need is just to soften people up onto what could be coming. Oh, that reminds me. Last night I saw the Netflix movie leave the world behind what a great movie that is uh i've got a lot to say about that i'm gonna have to save it for tomorrow Stu, have you seen it yet no i haven't seen it you need to watch the one clip i've seen watch it it's not about race everybody is making this about race that's not the key thing you should be looking for Mm. yes it's in there yes it's obnoxious i don't honestly i watched it last night You'll have a hard time liking any of the characters. There's one guy that you kind of like when he first shows up. Well, two, the two, the two husbands, the two men, you kind of like them, but they're idiots. They're absolute idiots. And then the racist thing goes on. There's a couple of points in that movie that I don't hear anyone talking about. It's the number one movie in 89 countries on Netflix. Number one movie. Barack Obama was instrumental in that movie. He helped shape that movie. He gave notes on what was plausible, what wasn't. If an EMP happens, what is it really going to be like? How would the government react? What would He knows. It's almost, wow, it's, it's almost like some sort of 
cognitive preparation, something to get people to look at something and go, oh, okay, well, that could happen. Because what after you watch it, if, if you're a prepper and you're watching that, your mood's not going to improve. You're not going to go, you know what, I think I have enough. Every American should watch this movie because it's plausible. And they specifically say it's Korea. Somebody else says, no, it's uh, Islamic Jihad. That is clearly Russia, Iran, and North Korea. Where's that coming from? Watch that movie because tomorrow I'm going to talk about it and it's really, really important but the, the main message to me from me today is get your spiritual house in order. Get your temporal house in order. Because next year, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out, isn't it? American Financing, NMLS, 182334, Okay, holidays are right around the corner. Nothing like piling up just a little bit more of financial stress on your already stressful year. Uh, everything is more expensive right now. If you're like a lot of Americans, you're just dumping it on your credit card. Dealing with that credit card debt, rates are now in some, on some credit cards as high as 30%. That's criminal. That's absolutely criminal. Well, how do you get out of it? If you own your own home, will you please call American Financing? They're helping people just like you get out from underneath that debt burden. They're saving as much as an average of $826 a month for listeners of this program. That goes a long way. 800 bucks a month? Okay. How do you do it? How do they do it? Well, credit cards, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, the interest rate has come down now to 5%. You can grab that 5%, refinance, and save all that money. Some people are saving like $3,000 every month. And if you act now, no pressure, no upfront fees, but you could be able to delay two mortgage payments. That would give you a lot of breathing room. Call American Financing right now. Find out if it's right for you. 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds. Station ID. I want to address what I think is the biggest lie of the holidays. And this comes from something personal. I was just reading that commercial there for American financing. And I remember when I couldn't put anything on my credit card. I, because I only, I learned from my parents, only American Express. It forces you to pay it off every month so you can't get behind. So I've never carried another credit card. And uh, been spooked by credit cards my whole life because my parents cut them up and threw them in the fireplace because, you know, they went broke. Um, and I didn't have any money. And I was living in the same apartment building that Stu was living in. And you were, what, 19 years old, 18 years old? Yeah, something like that. You, he started as an intern. And I, who, who was the host of the morning show... <laughs> Was living in the same apartment complex, okay? Broke, broke, broke. I think he actually had more money. I was living <laughs> off of food certificates that the radio station would give away, okay? 
Um, and I remember the first Christmas like that. And I couldn't afford anything for my kids. Anything. And it was devastating. And the whole buildup, all I could think of is, you're such a worthless dad. You're such a worthless, what do you do? I mean, you can't even afford, you can't afford the cheapest of the cheap. And it bothered me deeply. And in fact, 10 years later, when I had turned my life around and had become successful, I went out and I bought everything I could think of for my kids. It was the most hollow uh, Christmas I've ever had. The Christmas uh, that I was broke, I actually remember that, and so do the kids. They remember that Christmas. None of my kids remember the one where it was the presents were plentiful. And I just remember after all the presents were open, how empty everything felt. The biggest lie is that you have to buy something for Christmas. The biggest lie, hang on, I've got an ad coming up in a second. The biggest lie is that you have to go to a store or go online. That's a lie. And we've gotten so far away from it, it plays on us because now our kids expect that. Because that's what they see. That's what Christmas has become. Our founders would have been abhorred by what Christmas has turned into. Christmas was so sacred around the time of the founding that you, you wouldn't have gone and taken off work. You wouldn't have. You just it was so sacred. You kept that quiet, personal. It was your personal connection with God and the birth of his son. And so everybody would go to church, but. It wasn't like it is now. That's an American thing. One of the things that I think that we have really gone wrong on is we have lost the true meaning of Christmas for and exchanged it for presents. Please, whether you have the ability or don't have the ability, um, remember the true meaning of Christmas. It's not in a package or a bag. It's from the heart and from Christ. The Glenn Beck Program. Now let me sell you something. No, um, this is actually, let me, let me help you out if you are trying to sell your house. Realestateagentsitrust.com uh, is a service that I put together to help you. You know, I really truly believe capitalism is at its absolute best when you get up and you think, how can I help people? How can I make their life easier? This is what realestateagentsitrust.com is. I got up because I was struggling with real estate agents. My brother was struggling the same thing and had no idea how to even interview a, a real estate agent. Then I started working with what the Wall Street Journal said was the 500 best real estate agents in the country. And I learned what are the best practices? How do you interview? What do you look for? And so we put together a company that ju does just that for you. And so you call, and these people don't work for us. They work for all kinds of different companies. But these particular people have the assets you need to be the best real estate agent for you. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Free service to you. Realestateagentsitrust.com.
Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn and use the code Glenn Plus. There you'll save 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. There's a couple of things going on with uh, with a woman that runs Harvard. And one of them is, hey, I have to have a room with with color crayons and comic books so you can read a comic book and then, you know, color a happy tree because you feel like you're being, you know, uh, you have microaggressions all around you. Stopping free speech everywhere, unless you're calling for, you know, the death of Jews. Then I guess, hey, we, well, we, we you know, free speech. It's crazy. But there's something else that has now been brought uh, brought up that I think people knew about uh, in in the Harvard world, but didn't say anything. And that is the fact that its president, Claudine Gay, uh, broke Harvard's own code of conduct on plagiarism. And it's a pretty significant amount of plagiarism, uh, including her doctoral dissertation was plagiarized. Parts of it were wholly plagiarized, and she never credited anybody. Now, here's why this matters. You plagiarize something. I don't really care. You plagiarize something in a book and claim it's yours. Okay, I care because that's stealing from somebody else. You plagiarize in a university. Well, you're setting the standards and trying to hold those standards of academic excellence and honesty. And if the person who's at the top is known to have plagiarized, how do you tell the students we're going to kick you out? This has nothing to do with her testimony, but it has everything to do with how corrupt our uh, our universities are, how morally corrupt they are. We have uh, uh, Aaron Saberium uh, uh, on with us now. He wrote a great uh, piece for the Washington Free Beacon, and we wanted to talk to him about this. You went to Yale, uh, and you were the editor of the Yale Daily News, so you know something about I- Ivy League and uh, and plagiarism. Not not really celebrated, is it? <laughs> uh, no, Glenn, it is not. Yeah. Uh, it is not celebrated, and in fact, uh, I would say that generally at, at all of these schools, it's standard to get a lecture saying it doesn't matter how small, it doesn't matter if it's intentional, if it's unintentional, uh, even if you do it with the best intentions, uh, it's still a serious problem. You should double check your work to make sure absolutely nothing is plagiarized. That is what Harvard tells its students in a very long document that outlines its policies very clearly. It no fewer than five times indicates that intent is irrelevant. If you take any uh, language or even just ideas or content from someone else and don't uh, cite them, it's plagiarism. Um, And according to the letter of the Harvard plagiarism policies, Gay clearly violated them on at least some occasions. Yeah, and like significant. I mean, you, you and your article go through it. We don't have to go through it here, but it's significant. Why does this matter? Well, look, you know, if people do make mistakes and if this were if, if, if this was what we found out of a corpus of, say, 100 or 200 peer reviewed papers, one of which had won a Nobel Prize, you might think, OK, 
it's a few paragraphs here or there, but the overall content's original. Is this such a big deal? I, I think it's worth emphasizing that she has published in total uh, 11 peer-reviewed articles, 11 in the past uh, two decades. That is a really, really small number um, for any academic, I think, at a prestigious university, but especially for the academic that the university chooses to elevate to uh, its highest position. So you're not talking about uh, a few instances of maybe careless citations or, or plagiarism out of 100 papers. You're talking about it out of 11 papers, right? So we found, uh, so there have been, you know, 11 peer-reviewed articles. We, in two of them, we found examples of plagiarism, then in her dissertation, then in another thing she wrote that was in a non-peer-reviewed journal. So this starts to amount to a pretty substantial percentage of her academic output uh, that contains at least some plagiarized material. Um, so as a percentage thing, I think it, that's actually the best way to look at it. It's it, it's not just a couple mistakes here or there. It seems to be a pattern, and it's a pattern that uh, is fairly consistent throughout uh, two decades of relatively meager uh, scholarly output, meager scholarly output. So this is not anything new. I mean, the, the, it's my understanding that this has kind of been known and kicked around for a while, but just kept quiet. It didn't matter. Is that true? Well, yeah, it appears to be true because just last night, uh, the New York Post reported that they had many of these examples uh, and confronted uh, Harvard with them all the way back in October. And, Ra and Harvard claimed, oh, we addressed it promptly as soon as it was brought to our attention. We initiated a review of Gay's work and Dr. Gay requested corrections proactively. Well, what, what the Harvard Corporation didn't mention is that apparently they uh, intimidated, may have even threatened to sue uh, the New York Post for defamation uh, after the New York Post reached out for comment. Um, so Harvard apparently took this seriously enough that they thought it was worth hiring the best defamation law firm in the country, Claire Locke, uh, God knows how much they were paying them, uh, to send a 15-page uh, intimidation letter to journalists who are coming to them with examples of plagiarism. Uh, so clearly they thought that it was worth uh, pulling out the big bucks, uh, shelling out a lot of money to shut this down, and that was all the way back in October. So why would they do this to protect? I mean, why? Um, I think that Claudine Gay is uh, <laughs> emblematic yeah. of, of the of the kind of DEI ideology mm. uh, that that is that is regnant at Harvard. Um, you know, some people have focused on her race and gender, and I'm sure, you know, they don't want the optics of firing Harvard's first black president. Yeah, of course. Um, but I actually think it's, it's more than that. It's that she she both kind of represents the, the ideology they already subscribe to, and they don't want the ideology discredited. And also, um, this, I think, hasn't gotten as much attention. She was a very shrewd political operator before she became president. She was sort of at the center of a lot of cancellations, right? She helped engineer the bureaucratic defenestration of both um, Roland Fryer, who's this really uh, 
famous black economist at Harvard. And she helped also strip, um, uh, what's his name, Ronald Sullivan, uh, Harvard law professor, from an administrative post after Sullivan uh, made the decision to serve on Harvey Weinstein's defense team. Um, you can't defend the unpopular. That's, that's, that's no longer allowed. Uh, so she, you know, I think kind of had a, had a pattern of rewarding friends and punishing enemies. Um, and seems to have kind of maneuvered the administration and bureaucratic apparatus of Harvard around her uh, very shrewdly. That's part of how she became uh, president. Uh, and I think that that background may be part of why they're so unwilling to let her go. The whole kind of institution has in some sense been mobilized around her and right. she kind of put all the pieces in place. Um, does it play any role that her first cousin is Roxanne Gay, who is a femi- feminist author and New York Times writer who's uh, absolutely uh, absolutely a terrible human being? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I don't know if that really... I think they would do this with, with just about anyone in her position Any, anyone in her position anyone with her ideology um i mean and and i would think too right they've obviously been under pressure from donors um but they're also under pressure from them from their own uh, faculty and students and you know you mentioned uh, the the testimony she gave where she couldn't forthrightly uh condemn calls for the genocide of jews you know i i think part of the issue is that she couldn't really go up there and say, you know, yeah, we support free speech in all cases. And in fact, yes, even if you want to call for the genocide of insert other group, we will protect that because we're so principled. A, because it wouldn't be true. And we all know it's not right. true. But B, because if she had said that, you know, student activists would have come try and tried to burn her house down. Right. right. So they really she's to be fair to her. She is kind of in a rock and a hard place. I mean, no matter what she does or what Harvard does some constituency is going to throw a fit. Well, I have to tell you, um, you know, I don't want to see harm come to anybody, but you know, gee, if, if you get nailed by your own policies, uh, and, uh, your life is tough because you shoveled this poison and now that poison is coming back to haunt you. I, uh, you know, I have a hard time again with nobody being hurt. I have a really hard yeah. time, you know, uh, giving any sympathy to her at all. Um, thank you so much. It, w- one one last question. Is this an issue outside of her? Should this be an issue outside of her testimony? In other words, is this just being brought up because there's a mob on the other side that is saying, hey, she should be fired for this. Is this a real issue beyond the anti-Semitism stuff? Um. Obviously, the anti-Semitism stuff increased scrutiny on her. I mean, it'd be silly to deny that, but I think it would still be an issue. Um, you know, this, the, the, the plagiarism isn't quite as severe as, say, it's not like data fraud, right? There's a guy at Stanford, actually, former Stanford president, right. stepped down amid allegations of data fraud. I mean, that was really serious, right, um, on its own terms. I, I think this is would be an, a scandal on its own. The anti-Semitism stuff, obviously amplifies it, makes it worse. But I, again, I think the real context here is the, the meager scholarly record, right? If, if, again, I, I really don't think people would care. I wouldn't care all that much. Right. If, 
we had found this and it was in the context of like 200 brilliant peer review papers, but that's not the context. And I think that what it underscores is that this woman clearly was not chosen um, for her scholarly merit. Uh, if that was the criterion, they would have chosen, they had a lot of other candidates at Harvard would have, would have been better. Thank you so much. I appreciate, appreciate all your work and all your writing. God bless. Thank you. This week, December 18th, um, is that the 16th or 18th? My eyes, man. Uh, December 16th marks massive watershed moment in American history. 250 years ago, our forefathers staged what? December 8th, uh, 16th. What happened? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Company Christmas party? Well, kind of. Mm-hmm. Boston's Tea Party. Oh, yeah. There you go. So uh, do your kids know why? Do they know the great stories and ideals of the founding of our country? You know, a lot of kids are being taught to hate America, to hate our history. They're saying now they're being taught that the Boston Tea Party was terrorism. If you actually know the true story of the, it's the furthest thing from terrorism. Giving your kids the uh, Tuttle Twins history books is an easy way to give your kids a key to unlock history and the future. This week only, Tuttle Twins are given a huge discount on those history books in honor of the Boston Tea Party's big anniversary, ensuring that your children are educated in history. It is up to you. If you don't have these books yet, go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get them at a big discount, their lowest price ever, plus all of the bonuses like videos and the audiobook version for free. The sale ends Saturday. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Dot com. Glenn Beck. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome. Uh, all right. So um, uh, Hunter Biden is going into he's ready to answer all the GOP questions. He just held a press conference a minute ago live, and here's what he said. I have earned degrees from Georgetown University and Yale Law School. I'm proud of my legal career and business career. I'm proud of my time serving on a dozen different courts and directors. And I'm proud of my efforts towards global business relations. For six years, MAGA Republicans members of the House committees who are in a closed-door session right now have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife. Hey, can we stop for just a second? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Attacked his character? What character? Invaded his privacy? What privacy? You put everything on your laptop and then left it. I mean... What privacy? Uh, what else did he say we invaded? I mean, I mean, just that is enough. But go ahead. My family, my friends. Okay, stop. Your friends and the boards that you were on, they're littered with either communist or criminals. And, or, and people who have come out to say that you were in the middle of committing criminal right. acts. Yeah, your other friends, it, it's not the GOP doing it. It's your other friends who have come out and said that, you know, you are taking money from really bad people. I'm just point that out. They ridiculed my struggle with addiction. Nobody has done my character, eh. invaded my privacy, attacked my wife. Okay, so wait a minute, but children. wait. Stop. We don't Maybe need to Maybe we've ridiculed his, uh, 
his battles with addiction a little bit. Uh, maybe a little. I mean, the no, dude his- turned in a Hertz rental car with a line of Coke on the dashboard. <laughs> That's mockable. Yeah. It is. But, I, but I'm we sorry. Weren't, we weren't mocking his uh, his struggle to stop. No, no, it didn't seem like he was struggling at all. No, <laughs> he seemed to be handling the purchase of women and drugs. He spent over $300,000 on various women, according to the IRS. And that's, and that's in one that's, year. I was going to say, that's in Two one year. Two separate years. It was still six figures, but it, but it, it wasn't quite up to the $300,000 standard. Yeah. That wonderful, I think, 2018 year. So, and you know, when you're, when you're weighing your crack cocaine yeah. and you're using your phone to videotape it at the same time i really i mean i think you're asking for he it tried to deduct a trip to an exotic dancer by claiming that he purchased art <laughs> now i guess there is some art involved in exotic dancing art if you is find in the, the eye right of the beholder performer. or in the g-string of the dancer (laughs) i suppose that's true but i don't think that's what the irs believes (laughs) you don't no oh so well they seem to have i mean for a while there they seem to have no problem with that yeah so Mm -hmm. okay all right back with more in a minute mr mark levin joins me next The Glenn Beck Program. Mark Levin's coming up in just a second, but um, I want to talk to you about a great Christmas present that will actually arrive on time this year. American Giant is helping you with that. Today, December 13th, you can get free two-day shipping with any purchase over $100 with offer code HAPPYHOLIDAYS. So give the gift of American-made quality. The American Giant hoodie has been called the best hoodie you'll ever own because it is. It really is. It's... You know, my daughter was wearing one of my uh, sweatshirts, um, and, uh, you know, they pass on from generation to generation. It's the sweatshirt your dad had. If you're my age, your dad had a great American that isn't made like that even anymore, except by American Giant. This Christmas, buy American at American-Giant.com slash Glenn. They have clothing and stuff for everybody. You'll love it. All American. Use offer code Happy Holidays and get a free two-day shipping today on purchases over a hundred dollars. That's American-Giant.com/slash/Glen. Remember the pro- the promo code is Happy Holidays. Free two-day shipping for anything over a hundred bucks. Do it now and uh, have a great Christmas. Happy Holidays from American Giant. America. Oh, people, we've got a special guest. Have we Have we dusted? Have we vacuumed? It's like my mother has not been here to make things nice. We have to put the guest towels out because Mr. Mark Levin joins us in 60 seconds. There is no question that the internet has been amazing for connecting us with, with, with each other, whole world over. But its strength is also its weakness. A lot of cyber criminals out there are great at manipulating online connections and relationships to their advantage. Uh, I will tell you, I, I just got a charge 
from Bed Bath and Beyond uh, said, "Thank you, Glenn, for your online purchase." And I'm like, I didn't even know Bed Bath and Beyond was still in business, so <laughs> that wasn't me. Uh, you need to have somebody watching over your shoulder in case you are a victim of identity theft. It it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Run! Protect yourself now with LifeLock. Nobody can stop everything, but they're the best in the business. LifeLock by Norton. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 25%. Mr. Mark Levin, how are you, my friend? Mr. Glenn Beck, let me look. I'm good. Thank you. Good. 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 Uh, I'm pretty good. You know, I'm 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 a little concerned about you know uh, 2024. I uh, can't come up with a scenario where it ends well, but maybe you can. It's such a mess. I mean, you got people talking third party. I think if if Nikki Haley, who I really oppose, I mean, I call her George Bush in a dress, and she pretty much is. And. With her foreign the policy, it is, she is. With her foreign policy, absolutely well, Look at her is. domestic policy. As soon as she wanted to invite the Palestinians in Gaza into our country, what, she lost her mind? Yeah. That's, uh, she, yeah. Uh, she gave land to communist China in South Carolina, and now she pretends she's a hardliner. She's never been a leader on any of the issues that matter to us, whether it's abortion, whether it's uh, the border, uh, whether it's tax cuts. And I looked at these allegations by DeSantis, and he's right. Go on, Google them. Look at them. She refused to sign a bill that said men use men's rooms and ladies use ladies' rooms. Now, when he came to the woke war, she sided with Disney. I'm going, what's going on here? This woman is not going to be able to fight the Marxist revolution that is surrounding us and swirling around us today, which is why Karl Rove and Romney and this guy Fink at Blackstone or BlackRock, Black whatever Rock. the hell they call themselves, all these people, including liberal Democrat billionaires who are going to vote for Biden, are backing her. So yeah. that, so if she goes third party, you know, the rhinos are the fifth column. They're the fifth column in our party, and frankly, they're the fifth column in this country, along with the media. The Democrats, once they get their fighting out of the way, they'll back Biden. They would back a kumquat for president. No, I know they States. would. It means that they have, but our guys, they'll splinter. The base is always supposed to march behind whatever the Republican establishment does. Okay. But this goes to your point, doesn't it? Which is, yeah. it's concerning. Uh, if, uh, the way you feel about Nikki Haley, would you fall in line behind her? I don't have to. She's going to fall before I have to fall. No, in I know. Line. But if she were the candidate. No, I've had enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Me too. Me too. However, if, it is Bi- if it's Biden or... I think Michelle Obama, I'd vote for a kumquat. Yeah, and I don't think it'll be Michelle Obama. Ooh, By the way, I you haven't do. heard a word from her, have you? No, we haven't. But I just, I, it's the only scenario that works out. I mean, it, let's you mean at pretend, the convention. Yeah, that the the uh, the uh, uh, you know the super delegates they just forget the vote. They just say, you know what, he's too ill or whatever. He's too frail. You know, the Democrats want another choice. Let's just, we nominate Michelle Obama. Believe it or not, if that happens, I think they're going to turn to Hillary. But it doesn't matter what we think. Yeah, I know. The problem is what's happening right now 
is this grotesque effort to try and put Donald Trump in prison. So th- you read, you read this gut, this, this a-hole who filed this with the Supreme Court. He's always wanting to cut the corners. He doesn't get attorney-client privilege, so ruled an Obama judge. All these privileges, presidential privilege, executive privilege, attorney-client privilege, all deny Donald Trump. He doesn't want to go through the normal appellate process because he can't get his trial going before the election. You know, it takes years to have a full-blown criminal trial, particularly when you're raising, you're creating constitutional issues of first impression. So he brings us to this point. Now he's demanding that the Supreme Court hear his, his motion against Trump as soon as possible. And these dimwits, they say, okay, we'll consider your argument. Trump's lawyers, you have one week to respond. You go, what? You had a case in Pennsylvania during the course of this election, not about ballots, not about voting machines, a pure constitutional question, a legitimate question about who gets to decide and write election laws in the state. The governor, the board of elections, or the legislature, like the Constitution says in black and white. They wouldn't even take up that case. You have other cases that people are waiting for in front of the Supreme Court, not to get too much in the weeds. These Enron case, they use the obstruction in the Enron case against these January Sixers, which doesn't apply. It doesn't even meet the elements. So they're on appeal all the way to the Supreme Court. And the same day, the court says, "Okay, we want to hear these arguments on the motion from uh, Jack the Ripper Smith there. (laughs) The court says. We're going to punt on this for now. Well, maybe we'll consider it later in the year or next year. You've got people sitting in jail. So this is really amazing. You have a case, this Judge Chunkin, I had a great lawyer on my program. Schoen is his name, David Schoen. And he said, Mark, I've been sitting three years waiting for a decision from this judge who wants to have a trial on Trump in a five-month period. It's all a setup. And so... This guy, Jack Smith, the courts are bending over backwards to accommodate this guy. He wins every single motion. Trump loses every single motion in front of this radical Obama judge. The appellate court, which is overwhelmingly Democrat, because when Carrie Reid was the Senate leader and Obama was president, they added seats to the D.C. Circuit and filled it with Democrats. This recent panel had two Obama appointees and one Biden appointee. The judge that, that Trump's dealing with now is an Obama appointee. The judge Trump was dealing with before that was another Obama appointee. And now we go to the Supreme Court, and I'll tell you, Glenn, John Roberts is a huge problem. John Roberts is like this guy, Michael Ludick. They hate Trump. Mm-hmm. The Republicans, but, you know, they're proper Republicans. They don't like the tweeting. You know, they don't like the language. Oh, my goodness, all this stuff's going on here. It's just so unseemly. It's so improper. You know, they're just used to losing the country very properly, you know. Yeah. Uh, But what's happening here, in my view, is we have a Potemkin criminal justice system. We have judges that wear black robes. You go into these these mahogany paneled courtrooms. You've got a prosecutor standing over there. He gets his desk. The defense gets their desk. Eventually, you have a trial. The jury sits over there. It all looks so proper. It all looks so constitutional. And it's all bullcrap because all these movements and actions before this trial 
the motions filings, the decisions on the motion filings and everything. They will determine the outcome of this election. And just finally, I know I'm rambling a bit, but I tend to do that. One of the things that troubles me a lot here is this. Yeah. This guy charges Trump with a Klan Act violation, with two Enron violations, and a federal contractor violation. These four statutes. So it was bogus. It is bogus. But his arguments, which had been allowed by this judge, his paper filings, are all about insurrection and seditious conspiracy. In other words, and this is a grotesque violation of, of, uh, of uh, prosecutorial ethics, grotesque. He is making the case without having proved the elements of the crimes that he's basically arguing for, that Donald Trump knew or had to know that what he was saying, what he was doing, what he was texting, what he was reading, prove that he wanted a violent event to occur that day. So why didn't you charge him with that? He's not charged with violence about anything. He's charged with the Klan Act and obstruction and all the rest of these things. And the judge rules, oh, that's okay. What's okay? So he's charged with four phony charges. But this guy's arguing something completely different. And other serious litigators or former federal prosecutors or whatever are saying, this is not the way this is supposed to be done. And it's all happening. The Supreme Court should not take this case up. It shut. There's no emergency reason why this case has. And by the way, if you read this motion, this clown keeps talking about the public interest. The people have a right to know. What does he know about the public interest? He sits hold up. He's in a room with, with, with 10 other reprobates. They're making all these decisions on their own. And then they speak for the public. Well, they sure as hell don't speak for 80 million people. And so the judiciary, I would argue, is doing severe damage to this country allowing incredible interference in this election process. Well, And when it's all said and done, they'll never recover. I will tell you that John Roberts is the kind of guy who thinks we should rule on this and let this go forward. Otherwise, we'll be blamed for it. And they'll say, oh, it's the judicial activism of the Supreme Court. So we're protecting the Supreme Court by letting this small injustice, as they would think, just let this pass let them do it and they hash it out and then our hands are clean it's a it's an act of pontius Pilate, quite honestly um 100 yeah um i call him hollywood john he's very worried about what's said yes. about him and thought about him his wife and thomas friedman over there at the new york times they're best friends they get caught up in these social circles which always go the way of the left and i don't trust this guy i don't even trust kavanaugh and barrett is a Complete disappointment because she's right under Roberts's wing. You really have three tremendous constitutionalists. Then you've got a couple of rhinos and then you've got the hardcore left Democrats. I'm worried about. This. So Alan Dershowitz has said just based on the speed of this trial, he's like, there's mm-hmm. no there's no way Donald Trump could even prepare for a, a defense. And he said, we are at a banana republic if that isn't stopped he's like there's there's no way that there should that this trial should go forward next year only because of the amount and volume of documents that have to be processed uh he said it's it's criminal if they speed this trial up or they let it go 
at this rate. Do you agree with that? I mean, you denied him a time privilege. You did it in a secret proceeding. That's a violation of the Fifth Amendment and the phony claim of a crime fraud exception. So his lead lawyer in the January 6th case had to testify in front of the grand jury, and he had to provide his notes that he had taken with Donald Trump. And we've never seen anything like this. We don't know what they're talking about. It's all done in secret. That happens. I'm told other things happened in front of that grand jury that were absolutely unacceptable by some of the lawyers working on this case. So what he's talking about, Dershowitz, there is a violation of due process, Fifth mm-hmm. Amendment, and the Sixth Amendment, which is the right to effective counsel. You can't have effective counsel when they're drowning in documents and witnesses he and said- everything else, and the judge... Uh, for no reason. He said no that there is there, there is no way that he, he said if that uh, lawyer stands in front of that judge and he says, no, you have to proceed. And they aren't ready because they, there's no way possible. He said he should uh, quit immediately and say, I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to abide. And if that means you're going to hold me in contempt, hold me in contempt. But this is a travesty of justice. Well, I guess that's right. I mean, every lawyer has to make their own decision on how to proceed. Um, so I don't know if I do that or not. I really hadn't thought about it. That said, he's right on the substance of the issue. hundred percent. Right. Now, the problem with all this is this lower court judge and this prosecutor all know that they're setting Donald Trump up for a conviction. So when he runs for office as president in the general election, the media and everyone else will keep calling him a convicted felon, a convicted felon. So the people who are kind of on the edge, kind of leaning toward Trump because they can't stand Biden, we know who these people are. We live with people like this, right, in our communities, in our neighborhoods. We meet them. He might lose them. And that's the goal. Right. And you can see the hundreds of millions of dollars in campaign funding that's going to be spent by the Democrats in the Biden campaign, or in your case, the Michelle Obama campaign, I guess, <laughs> talking about how... Trump is a convicted felon, and then he'll want to pardon himself. So we won't be talking about inflation and the border. Right. So so can we game this? I don't know how much time you have allotted in your schedule. I know you're so busy. Um, Are you the whole week? Okay. All right. All right. I want to war game this out with you just a little bit, because I honestly, I have no idea about, it's, it's my understanding the Constitution will allow him to run and to be president, uh, and run a campaign from jail, uh, but I I don't I don't know. So can you go through us uh, go through this? What happens if the court comes back and the jury comes back and says he's guilty and he's a convicted felon? What happens then? We we'll get into that in sixty seconds. First, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's My Pillow. If you've slept on a My Pillow, you know they're great. Uh, now they've got the my towels out, and yeah, we have in the bathroom in case Mr. Levin, a guest in our home today, needs to use the restroom. He's got the special towels, you know. He's got the he has the v- towels for our guest, our visitors, you know. Um, Mom, we never use those towels because we don't ever have guests. They're guest towels. Okay, well, they're out for Mark Levin today, and you get 50% savings, whether you get the regular one for, I guess, the poor schlubs in the family, which are great towels, or the designer premium line, a.k.a. guest towels, for just $20 more. But 
no matter what, 50% savings. You can also get free shipping, no minimum spend required. But today is the last day to find this offer. Free shipping, no minimum uh, spend required. If you haven't gotten your husband or somebody you love the My Slippers, you are missing out. You are missing. I hope I already have like three pair. I'm ordering because someday they're going to stop making them. And I want these slippers for the rest of my life. They're fantastic. 50% in savings right now on the six piece towel set and other savings. You can find them all at mypillow.com. That's mypillow.com to get the savings under the promo code Beck. Or you can call them right now at 800 966 3117. 800 966 3117. 10 seconds, station ID. So all of the best legal minds that I know all say that no matter what the evidence in Washington, D.C., he's going to be convicted. Uh, Do you believe that? I fear that. Yeah. Okay. What I mean, go ahead. And I'll tell you why. I mean, um, if you're not really able to present your case, if you're not really able to present to study the evidence, Right. And in addition to that, to bring forward counter evidence, exculpatory information, because you can't get your head around it because of the time frame. If you're in a city that goes 94 percent for Biden and the jury's picked by that out of that population, if you have an Obama judge that is ruling in every every single instance for the government, uh, when you have a prosecutor who is utterly and completely unethical, who is using uh, tactics uh, that in most courtrooms would be rejected. You're setting up a scenario where nobody, Mm -hmm. nobody could survive uh, because you're targeting this defendant. The charges are preposterous. And by the time you can actually get to an appellate court, it's over. And so that makes what Jack Smith is doing is so horrific because he's trying to jump the appellate court on a constitutional issue to get to the Supreme Court. And the court is at least entertaining the idea, whereas the defendant, Donald Trump, can't get his constitutional issues up there that fast because the Supreme Court has decided over and over and over again, no, you go through the trial, you go through the appellate court, you need to fine-tune the constitutional issues, then we might take a look at it. So uh, the whole system, and really, as you well know, and your listeners well know, you can have the best constitution on the face of the earth, the best judicial mm-hmm. system on paper. But if you don't have people of virtue, particularly judges, uh, it, none of it works. It doesn't matter what's on paper. There is no due process. There is no right to counsel. And effectively, that's what's going on here. So the likelihood is very high. Now, here's their problem. If the court does take up this case this argument and rules against Jack Smith. That is that Donald Trump does have immunity from actions he took while president after he leaves the presidency. Then the government really doesn't have a case. They're in huge trouble. And this case will go on. No way that no way that John Roberts allows that to happen. No way. That's my fear. Yeah, but I want your audience to understand why this is important. It's important because if you don't retain that protection when you leave the presidency, 
any opposing administration at the Department of Justice will wait for a president to do whatever he does, and then when he leaves, indict that president. You will destroy the office of the presidency. That's the problem. So when this judge says he thinks he's a king, he can have immunity even when he leaves the president. That's not what he thinks. He's saying, look, all these bogus allegations you're making against me occurred when I was president. As president, you certainly couldn't indict me for these. Right. So you can't indict me now. Oh, no, no, no. That protection doesn't go beyond the time that you're in the office of the presidency. That doesn't hold water. Back with more with Mark Levin in just a couple of minutes. Stand by. I... I want to get to play these scenarios out. He's convicted. Then what? The Glenn Beck Program. Patriot Mobile's about to become your new best friend, not only America's only Christian conservative mobile phone company, um, and not only do they offer amazing service at a great price, they also don't take a portion of your bill and send it to causes you disagree with, like, hey, more abortions for everybody. Uh, Compare that with Verizon. Patriot Mobile's mission is to passionately defend our God-given constitutional rights and freedom and glorify God always. That's their mission statement as a company. So the first thing they do is they build a great service. They save you money and then glorify God and defend our God-given constitutional rights on the side. They take their profits and they take a portion of that and they are in our local communities. They are busting their butts any way they can to protect our constitutional rights. So they're on your side. Why not get on their side? You're going to get the same great coverage at a better price. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or 972-PATRIOT. Make sure you use the promo code FRIDAY76. 972-PATRIOT. Glenn TV, Stu Does America, and Mark Levin, all part of your Blaze TV subscription. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn Plus. We have a couple of very powerful arrows in our quiver uh, today. One of them, Mark Levin. We're going to continue our conversation in just a minute. And the other is Marlo Oaks. Um, Marlo is the state treasurer of Utah. On September 27th, most people don't know this, the New York Stock Exchange submitted a substantial and financially material proposed change to its rules. And the proposal would allow the formation of a new type of company, the Natural Asset Company, or NACs. And they can purchase the rights to control public and private lands, such as our national parks, your local parks, forests, farms. And the NAC um, could put a lock on its economic use. It could acquire these and then preserve the lands uh, and say nothing can ever happen on here. No humans, uh, nothing taken out of the ground. Uh, I, it's going to put farm when there's this amount of cash in and stock exchange. It's going to put our farms out permanently. You will own nothing and you will like it. That's coming up in just about a half an hour. We're talking to Mark Levin, and and I want him to pick up the scenario uh, of if Donald Trump goes to jail, then what? But I I have to ask, Mark, during the break, I was thinking to myself, wait a minute. Nixon was pardoned because of the crimes that were committed uh, while he was in the Oval Office. And that was important. And, And this whole case is... 
Can he be prosecuted? Can a president be prosecuted for something that he did while in office? Uh, I mean, if Biden was taking money from China currently or, you know, making making money by laundering it uh, somehow or another through, you know, friends in uh, in Ukraine, when he left office, I would say prosecute him as well. Why is this different with Donald Trump? The personality doesn't matter. Right. Whether it's Biden, whether it's Trump, whether it's Ernie Grabowski, is of no consequence. The issue here is this. Answer your first question. If, a pre- if an individual is convicted and is in jail, can they run for president? The answer is yes. The only requirement you have under the Constitution is an age and citizenship requirement. That is it. Nothing more, nothing less. And as a footnote, that's why you can't pass term limits for members of Congress by statute. The requirement for serving in Congress is in the Constitution. You can't amend the Constitution by statute. That's why they amended the Constitution to limit a president to 10 years, no more than two terms, 10, 10 years total. That's why the Constitution had to be amended for that purpose. Now, as for indicting somebody, obviously you can indict them before they become president. When they become president, they can serve as president. There's nothing in the Constitution that prevents it. And you can't change the Constitution simply by a magic wand or Congress deciding they don't like something or something like that. That's number one. But it's very, very unlikely. That's what the Democrats know. In fact, there was a man who ran for president mm-hmm. from prison under Woodrow Wilson. He was a socialist. He was thrown in prison under the Espionage Act. Right. Because he spoke out against um, War. World War I. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and he received like 2 3% of the vote. But yeah. Wilson wanted yeah. to tuck him away and keep him off the stage. And that's what they're trying to do to Trump. That's number one. Now, as for when, if and when Trump becomes president, yes, he can pardon himself. There's nothing in the Constitution that prevents it. Nothing. Now, here's where I disagree with Turley and the others who are just dead wrong on this subject. They argue, however, you can't par- he can't pardon himself over state convictions. Well, of course he can. The issue on whether you can indict a sitting president, the Constitution doesn't tell us yes or no. And so the question is an open one. The Justice Department has decided under two separate attorneys general, two separate political parties, one Democrat, Republican, and they wrote two memos, one under Nixon, one under Clinton. And they both agreed, and they all agreed, the Office of Legal Counsel, that you can't indict a sitting president for one simple reason. You will decapitate one-third of the government, the executive branch. How is a president supposed to function to meet foreign leaders to do to give a state of the union? Is he going to do it behind prison walls? And so they said because the president is a, the a solely unique figure within our system, that you can't indict a sitting president, which would mean that a prosecutor, just like we see in Washington, would have the power to decapitate the executive branch, would have the power to destroy the effectiveness of the executive branch. All unelected, a prosecutor, a jury, and a judge. And so they said no. So you cannot indict a sitting president. That is at least the settled agreement here. So what about state charges? Turley and others, who I like a lot, and others say, well, now look, this is a federal matter. So he can't reach down into the states and say, I pardon myself. And I said, excuse me. 
It's the other way around. You can't have reverse federalism where a local state DA, like Fannie Willis or whatever the hell her name is, can indict a sitting president and put them in jail in Atlanta, Georgia, and decapitate the federal government. Right. No state has that power. So the idea that a president can pardon himself on a federal charge in order to protect the presidency, but he can't pardon himself on a state charge where a state reaches into the federal constitution, reaches into the federal construct, and indicts a sitting president and says, all right, now you leave the White House, you come down here, you're going to go in a Fulton County prison, and it's too bad because it's a federalism issue. That's not a federalism issue. It's a reverse federalism issue where a local prosecutor is attempting to decapitate the federal executive branch. So my argument is, and I'm right, but none of this has ever been tried, that a president can pardon themselves against any indictment. And even further, a president can pardon himself against any conviction. This is another reason they want to get that, that stamp on his forehead. Uh, you know, this is why they want him running around as a convicted felon. Does he, does, uh, if he's convicted, does he go to jail? Or it would actually be prison, wouldn't it? Um, it's a felony. So would he go to prison before well, the election? Would, well, I, well, there's a couple of things here. Number one, you would immediately move if you're counsel to stay any sentence because right. you have multiple issues to appeal. And number two, you have a presidential election, and you shouldn't be de- trying to deny or influence even further than you have the ability of people to make a decision like that. I don't put anything past these people. Number three, you're correct. It would be a federal prison. Let me ask you a question. How would that work? You're going to have a whole wing of a federal prison with Secret Service personnel staged there? I mean, look at the insanity that they have created with these phony charges, the creative charges, the arguments that they're making. The Democrats, their judges, their prosecutors, their Department of Justice, the Biden regime has brought us to this place, this place of unimaginable stupidity, which is going to have an impact forevermore on this republic. It is. It simply is. And then they hear Chris Christie say, well, he's going to be convicted. So to give support for this kind of behavior sickens me. And then we have, oh, we can't impeach Joe Biden, we don't have enough information. You have nothing on Trump. The Espionage Act has never been used against a former president, a former vice president, a former cabinet secretary. They're using the Espionage Act against a former president, a SWAT team. They go, oh, does he have classified documents? Are you kidding me? I worked for an attorney general. It would never have reached that point. He would have picked up the phone Call Donald Trump, say, Donald, I'm sending guys down there to get it. Just get out of the way. We're taking the stuff. Okay? Okay. Case over. That's not what they did here. It's appalling what's And January 6th, so, basically they're attacking him for free speech. So, Mark, help me out on this because I feel exactly the same passion that you feel. Um, and you can hear it in your voice right now. What happens to half the country when they see Donald Trump, God forbid, uh, convicted. I mean, there comes a time when you're just like, okay, okay, I can't deal with this anymore because it's so far out of reality and constitution, uh, constitutional republic. Well, what happens is 
half the country will not accept the election of the Democrat, whomever it is. Half the country, part of half the country anyway, will be furious about what's taken place. We will no longer accept the results of elections, period. The Democrats started that as well, starting with 2000 and Bush, but Bush is too stupid to understand that they started with him. And the Republic will be forever damaged, forever damaged. That's what's going on here. And um, they talk about a division in the country and so forth. They are creating the atmosphere for some kind of a civil war. I'm not even talking about a violent civil war, like the past civil war, where half the country does not accept the law, half the country does not accept our institutions, the judiciary, where half the country does not accept anything that's taking place in this country. And honestly, not to, not to have myself in that, that's why I wrote this book, The Democrat Party Hates America. You read this book, and you're going to see, and you're going to understand in ways that you didn't before, that the Democrat Party is not a typical political party. It is an autocratic entity that wants to devour our system. It hates the Constitution, but he, they use it against what the Constitution seeks to protect. They hate individual liberty, yet that's what they wrap themselves in as they centralize the government. It is a party that when they, they thought it was in their interests, were anti-black racists, now they're anti-white racists, anti-Asian racists, they've always been anti-Semites, from FDR forward and beyond, the party of eugenics, the party of abortion on demand, the party of open borders, they are destroying this country. The Democrat Party has never accepted Americanism, period. It's embraced Marxism. They call it progressivism. And so they're not going to sit by and allow a Donald Trump to win a second time. They feel that they didn't stop him the first time. They impeached him twice. They unleashed criminal investigations. And this time we got 91 damn charges at the local, state, federal level. He'll never escape this stuff. We've got Democrat prosecutors. We have Democrat judges. We have Democrat juries. He'll never escape this stuff. We've tried everything. Okay. And now we've got him. I got to take one more break. If you have time, could you stay with me for one more break? Because I, I just want to ask you. So yes, is it is it wise then, because it looks like he's going to win the nomination, uh, and is it wise and can somebody win enough I mean, what happens if they get to the convention and he's in prison and I mean, can or you just is that it? I mean, I, I mean, I just I don't see a good way of this working out. What what should be done or what could be done uh, now um, to make this a little better and help us with our decisions going forward? Uh, I'll get the answer from Mark here in just a second. First, Ministry of Preborn is doing what they're doing right now. Uh, they are helping champion the cause of life as much as anybody out there. I mean, they're really making a difference. And they're not only saving babies, but they are changing hearts and saving souls. I mean, the moms, there was a survey that was just out. It's over 65% of the moms that choose abortion later regret it and say they wouldn't have done it if they thought they had any support from anybody. But most of these people are feeling like they're absolutely alone. And most times, everybody in their family is saying, just get rid of the baby. 
They don't want to do it. We can't just say you're killing babies. We have to say, moms, we see you. We understand what you're going through. We understand that you're alone. Most times, preborn sends supplies back home with mom, diapers, car seats. They counsel. They do all this, clothing, books, for up to two years after the baby is born. Now's the time to put a year-end write-off to work. Dial pound 250, say the keyword baby, pound 250, keyword baby, or go to preborn.com slash back. That's preborn.com slash back, sponsored by Preborn. Glenn Beck. The Democrats, and I've got two minutes here, the Democrats have superdelegates. They don't, it doesn't matter what the people say, they can change everything. Republicans, thank God, don't have that system. If, if Donald Trump is convicted, goes to prison, the party will look at it and go, I, there's no way to win here, you know, most likely. Uh, but they have no out. Does it matter that we have a, a number two, a strong number two like DeSantis or or Haley? Well, it does matter because, as you say, we really don't know how this is going to play out. We just don't know how this is going to play out. So the number two is very, very important. Haley knows that. She not only wants to be the, the anti-Trump, but she wants to be in second place in case everything falls apart. Uh, and I absolutely reject that. I think DeSantis should be in second place if, that's where, if this is where it's headed. Yes. Uh, because he's a conservative and she's not. So, so it's important for people if they, uh, you know, want one guy, but they're like, uh, Donald Trump's going to win. The point spread is so far that if you were like, but I, I want a number two, is it important to vote for your number two? Well, I have to let people make up their own minds on that sort of thing. It's important if you support Trump that, first of all, that he wins. Yes, if everybody is voting for number two, that's going to be a problem. Yes. But I do think we ought to speak out more uh, regularly and substantively about Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is what the ruling class Republicans, what the Mitch McConnells and the Paul Ryans want. That's yes. who they want. Yes. When, when, Bla- when BlackRock started to support... That says everything you need to know. And the first question I asked uh, Nikki Haley was about ESG. She really didn't even know what it was. And I've said for the last two years, if the candidate doesn't know, they're out. For me, they're out. Um, And when BlackRock, she took the money from BlackRock. uh, I mean, there's no place to go with that. There's no place to go. Um, Mark, thank you so much. God bless you. Have a great holiday if I don't talk to you in between then. But have a great holiday. My brother. You bet. God bless you. You bet. Bye-bye. Back with more in just a minute. Something that the SEC is doing that could just change America overnight. And it's going to happen during the holidays. We'll tell you about it next. The Glenn Beck Program. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a child is given. An unborn child. I want you to consider giving that gift to him or her of life by donating to the Ministry of Preborn. 
The left has ramped up its efforts to kill babies, so we have to ramp up ours. Uh, Preborn's network of clinics saves 200 babies every day by offering free ultrasounds to expecting moms, doubling the baby's chance that a mom will choose life. For 28 bucks, you can sponsor an ultrasound. Through a match, your tax-deductible gift is doubled. Preborn also supplies moms with diapers and car seats and counseling and so much more for up to two years after birth. I'm incredibly proud of my association with them and so honored to see your participation with them and the things that you have done already. If you have had a really good year, put your year-end right off to work. Dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say the keyword baby. Anything helps. Five bucks goes a long way. Preborn.com slash Glenn, sponsored by Preborn. There's a couple of things going on. One, there is a new law coming right after the uh, turn of the uh, new year. And it's going to be delightful if you own a small business. Just delightful. Government says it's only going to take three hours of your time. That's it. And, you know, you could be fined or maybe even go to jail if you refuse to participate. Or, you know, you get it wrong. What is it? Something nobody's talking about. We'll talk about it here in just a second. There is also something else that is going to happen by January 2nd. Uh, and Marlo Oaks, who's the Utah State Treasurer, has brought it to my attention. And you need to know about it. It changes everything if it's actually enacted. And the public opinion time is right now, just during the holidays. And then they'll decide by January 2nd. Oh, Good. What is it? I'll tell you in just a minute. First, this holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is delivering on its commitment to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes during their annual season of hope. Between now and Christmas, the foundation is delivering mortgage-free homes to dozens of Americans' catastrophically injured veterans, first responders, and Gold Star and fallen first responder families. Let me tell you about one of the... um, one of the families, Captain James Howard, he served for years, mostly in the 82nd Airborne. He was training for special forces. He sustained several serious injuries. Today, he's a C5 quadriplegic, which means he's paralyzed from the chest down. Tunnel to Towers gave Captain Howard and his family a fully adapted mortgage-free smart home to ease the financial burden and make the day-to-day movements of his life easier. They do that through donations with you. Help honor America's heroes this holiday season. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two T, dot org. 
All right, Marlo Oaks, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you. Good to be here, Glenn. Thank you very much, and thank you for alerting me to this. This is horrifying. This is a new SEC proposal to allow for a creation of a new type of company. Tell us yeah. about it. Yeah, so basically a natural asset company, and really the the heart of the problem is that it will permanently stop economically essential activities like grazing, mineral extraction, modern agriculture. Uh, severe, it could severe, severely curtail recreational access. We're basically talking about the destruction of rural America. Um, and really, it's an effort to take control of America's natural resources. This could be done uh, through these natural asset companies with, from hostile nations that, that put money into these. Um, and we're essentially placing a value on natural processes, things like, uh, you know, the, the uh, biological systems that provide clean air, water, uh, food, things like that, um, putting an economic value on those. It's really an arbitrary value. This and is, it represents a massive this, transfer of wealth. This is just another scam. This is another is, uh, financial scam to make people a lot of money. But this one, you know, unlike the scams that cost us, you know, almost our freedom last time in 2008, this one actually, if it goes through, if you buy, let's say, this stock in this in this company, um, you then can uh, you would be uh, giving the money to buy up the rights of all the minerals and even like the air. And you can't you can't develop it because it's a forest and there's lots of there's lots of clean air that's being generated. Right. That's exactly right. And so basically the New York Stock Exchange went to the Securities and Exchange Commission and said, we need a rule that will allow us to list companies whose purpose isn't to make money, it's to provide ecological services. And what are those ecological services? Well, it is, it is the, the, the biological systems that are, that are creating clean air. So think of a forest, right? Um, taking carbon out of the air and, and converting it into oxygen. What is that worth? Uh, what are underground aquifers worth? You know, the water that seeps through the ground and, and creates clean water. Um, it, it's those kinds of what right. we think of God-given processes that are now um, going to be monetized in some way. And and people who own um, these companies, who, who put money into these companies, they stand to benefit from that at the expense of our uh, country. So now are they, let's say, let's say I'm a landowner and I have farmland and I have forest. Um, do I participate in this? Do I have to say, yes, my everything is up for sale? Or is this just kind of like air rights in New York where you're just buying the rights of air? Well, there is, there's, you know, as we know from ESG, the, the climate crisis is really driving the ESG, environmental social governance discussion. It's the same thing here. And, and there is a push, uh, really an attack on energy and agriculture. Right. And so when we look at agriculture, we're seeing the squeezing of, the, of ranchers and, and farms, and, and th these natural asset companies ban what's called industrial agriculture, which is essentially 
all agriculture that happens right. around the globe because it, that that's what produces the yields that are needed to feed the, the world population. And so, so if you ban industrial agriculture, you're talking about something that happened in Sri Lanka, which was uh, the, the reduction mm-hmm. of of rice harvest, 40 to 50 percent, leading to an 80 percent increase in in prices there. It, it led to uh, civil unrest uh, uh, unbelievably uh, there. And, and that's what we're talking about. So let me have a very Western conversation with you. Um, most people in the East, they don't understand BLM land. Um, and that is uh, not Black Lives Matter. Uh, that is Bureau of Land Management. They own in the West a great portion of uh, the uh, the land that farmers use to graze their cattle on because it's just open land. Uh, and right. you pay a fee and you can graze your cattle, uh, cattle on that land. Uh, and the government's supposed to take care of it. This would, this company, this new uh, natural asset company, would then not take control of the land, right? It would just say no grazing cattle, on that land because we need it pure for the carbon offset or whatever. Um, and so it would grab that, but could it grab, could it grab my land if I'm a farmer? Well, it, it, it could be inside of a designated area. So right now in Montana, there are 5 million acres are, um, they're trying the, the federal government, I've forgotten which agency it is, is de- designated five, 5 million acres. Um, they're trying to create a, a national monument out of this, and there's private land within within that. And so your land could be inside of a designated area, and and the government wouldn't necessarily, uh, you know, buy your land, but you're you're going to end up with fewer options. Yeah, you won't have any roads maintained. You you won't be able to expand or do it. You might be able to be grandfathered into what you're doing right now, but nothing else, right? And there's that, that's right. the infrastructure will be left alone. Yes, that, that's right. And and so even in the east, so in the east you have uh, you have conservation easements, and so um, landowners in the east have have uh, placed their lands in conservation easements, which effectively means that that no development can happen, and and they do this to uh, get a tax benefit. But over time, because it's in perpetuity. That land, the, the um, use of the land when you w- entered into a conservation easement cannot change, uh, but the subjective nature of uh, creating a sustainable um, culture, agriculture or a sustainable land going forward uh, means that that land can be placed in a natural asset company. These conservation easements can go into a natural asset company. And without the landowner's consent, essentially. And so this, this really is, affects people in the East and the West. So, um, it's just under different um, uh, well, it, it, designation. Yeah, and it will affect all of us because our food prices will go through the roof. Uh, and Absolutely. Good, yeah, and good luck going to a national park. Let me ask you this. How is the New York Stock Exchange pushing for this? Because what the what this... This natural asset company, uh, this this new this whole new category, it is non-economic. The the land that they would buy as a private entity must support only replenishable activities. So that means that they can only replenish the land. They can't 
have any economic activity on it. Um, it's assigned an arbitrary value and then it's traded on that. But this is a there's no pro- you cannot make profit on this. So who would be buying the stock for this? Because you're not going to make money. Well, you, you're not going to make money through traditional economic activity. But if, if um, companies have to be net zero, uh, let's uh, say you're, you're emitting a lot of carbon, then you, can, you will have a, an incentive to buy into natural asset companies that will prov- provide potentially carbon offsets through these natural processes. Right. That's so, one way to drive artificial value. So I am putting a lot of uh, pollution up in the air. But if I buy part of Yellowstone or part of, you know, Montana that uh, can no longer be developed, then I can use that and say, yeah, but I've got all these trees producing all this fresh air. Exactly. This is so evil. This is so incredibly evil. Yeah, we've thought of, you know, we've thought of natural processes as sort of God-given, right? And, and, and you and I are walking carbon emitters. I mean, when we, when we breathe out, we're emitting right. 4% carbon. And so what happens when each of us individually have a carbon footprint that we have to offset? You know, the wealthy can easily do it. They, they just go out and buy, you know, uh, access to NACs. But uh, it's the poorest among us. Suddenly, are they going to have to pay for their uh, carbon emission, and then, and then uh, you know, that, that is going to incentivize uh, car reduction, you know, getting people out of cars and, and walking and bicycles and well, things like that. I mean, you can see where this goes. Yeah, most importantly, this gives a public-private partnership a chance to enrich all of the very wealthy anyway. And it is, yeah. it, it is like, uh, what was it that almost brought us down in 2008? Derivatives. It's like derivatives. Mm-hmm. You're, you're selling garbage. You're not selling anything. Nobody really owns anything if you keep selling, you know, these derivatives. It's a scam. This is the yeah. same thing at a global scale. Well, and you think about what is America, uh, what are, what's one of the greatest assets of America? It's our natural resources. They're incredible. And this allows uh, not just wealthy investors, but we're talking about countries like China or Russia or, uh, you know, Iran, whomever, that has a ton of money in these sovereign wealth funds to buy into a natural asset company because they'll, be, they'll raise money globally. Oh. If I'm if if I am in China and I want to cripple the United States, I just take West Texas and I buy up all of it in one of these companies and they can no longer drill. That's right. That's exactly right. We're suicidal. We're absolutely suicidal. Okay, so there is a public comment period, right? And it's right now and it's been shortened and surprise everybody during the holiday season. So yes. is that for the average person? Can they go online or call or, or what? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I'm telling people to contact their federal legislators, their state legislators, um, you know, to ha- have them reach out uh, to the SEC so people can reach out to the SEC, but also encourage their, your legislators to reach out to the SEC and even the New York Stock Exchange. Um, you know, contact your governor, your attorney general, even the state treasurer. Um, they need to take action to oppose this. Um, and, and you can reach out to the SEC directly. Um, will it be, five commissioners. Will it be too late after January? Because they say they're going to decide by January 2nd. 
Well, they could decide one of the decisions could be to extend the um, decision out further. Okay. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm hoping that we raise enough awareness and, and pushback that, that it makes it difficult for them to, to finalize this on January 2nd. But, you know, the, the fuse, fuse is incredibly short. It's incredible. And it's by design. Uh, of course it is. Of course it is. And it's, it, uh, once again, the destruction of everything that we... What is America about if you can't come here, buy a piece of land, and do what you want to do with it? Well, what is America about? This goes back to Agenda 2020, Agenda 2030, where they're trying to push everybody into the cities. And this will do it. This will do and it. Whole, and this is a whole of government approach. You see all of these agencies, the Forest Service, Fish and Wildlife, uh, BLM, the you know, Bureau of Land Management, all of these agencies are pushing this agenda. Now the SEC, right? And the SEC, of course, with ESG, but um, this, this just takes it to a whole nother level. But you see the entire government apparatus pushing this, uh, this goal really to permanently stop econo- essential economic activity on our land and really lock up our natural resources. It's incredibly destructive. Marlo, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Thank Glenn. you. We'll talk to you again. Marlo Oaks, he is the treasurer uh, of Utah who brought this to my attention. It, it needs uh, critical attention right now. We're going to have this section of the show clipped. We'll put it out online. Please share it with everyone. Share it with every legislator and senator you can find. Make sure they know about it. Make sure your friends know about it. This is a way to lock up all public and private lands. It is, it's obscene and evil, and it's got to stop. And they will decide by January 20th, unless, as he said, we kick up a storm and make sure that our legislatures, uh, our legislators, state and federal, are calling and saying, no, 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 not so fast, not so fast. They've got to call the SEC. So here's the thing. You are telling your congressman or whoever about the natural asset company that the New York Stock Exchange is creating along with the SEC. The SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission, cannot allow for the creation of this kind of a company. They cannot do it. Call. Back in just a minute. Donald wrote in about his dog's experience with rough greens. He said, I've never seen my dog lick the bowl clean as often as she does now because she's looking for any remaining traces of rough greens. I will tell you, Uno never finished a meal. And the happiest thing is when I hear his chain knocking up against his bowl as he is pushing it around the floor, trying to get the last little, I mean, just really, honestly, the last little flavor of rough greens off of the bowl. This is not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, Black, and you sprinkle it on your dog's food. Brown food is dead food. You want the green stuff. And the folks at Rough Greens are so confident that your dog is going to love it. Because if your dog loves it, then they'll eat it. And you're going to start seeing massive differences. At least I did in my dog. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F, greens.com slash Beck. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Your first trial bag is free. You just pay for shipping. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds. Station ID.
Holy cow, is there a lot to do today. By the way, uh, today is the last day of my charity art auction at glenbeck.com. I've put up three signed giclés of my art. They're being auctioned off now to support three different charities. I will personalize them or whatever you want for the winners. Uh, and I understand times are tight. Times are tight for all of us. Uh, and it's taking a toll on our charities. And that's what makes America great is our charities, quite honestly. I mean, the good ones, not the mega charities everybody thinks about to donate over the holidays. Um, these charities are working under the radar, really. They're making a real difference. And on the surface, the organizations look like they're doing different work. My charity, Mercury One, works in crisis zones all around the world and in America. Ezra International, providing a real solution to anti-Semitism by helping the poorest of the poor Jewish people move to Israel. And One Heart Project is changing our nation's future by redeeming young people after they get out of the prison. It's all the same work. I mean, it's the work that Christ came to earth and, and taught us about. You know, you want to live in, in heaven? You can build heaven on earth, and he taught us to love God and love each other and serve one another. And that's what these charities do. Uh, so if you can, I, I don't want you to take my word on any of these charities. Do your own homework. Um, but when you see what they do, and if you agree with it, please help them. And if you can, if you can spend some extra money, maybe you've had an exceptionally good year, share that. And buy one of these paintings. You can give it to somebody you love, or you can give it because it's done by me, somebody that hates me, and you would love to give it to them for that sick, twisted pleasure. Uh, uh, you know, or if you just you're looking for a tax write-off at the end of the year, I, I don't think you are, but that's fine if you are. Just go to glenbeckart.com. Today is the last day. Bidding ends soon. Uh, go to glenbeckart.com and find one of the three paintings and uh, bid on it. But if you only have like five bucks and you want to give to one of these charities, just go there and you can donate there as well. So no, no money is coming to me at all. This is all going directly to the charities. So check them out, glenbeckart.com. By the way, you can get gifts now at glenbeckart, 50% off until the end of the week, 50% off. The Glenn Beck Program. Hannah wrote in about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, Relief Factor got me out of pain. Now I can work in my flower garden and walk my dog and run up and down my stairs without being in pain all the time. And I also sleep through the night now, which it never used to happen. And I don't have to use an ice pack. It's great. I love this stuff. Thank you. Hannah, great way to get your life back. Thank you so much for trying it. Relief Factor is not a drug. It's a daily supplement that helps your body fight that pain by fighting inflammation. And it's 100% drug-free, developed by doctors to help reduce or eliminate your pain. Over a million people have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start, and 70% of them have gone on to order it again and again. And it's 1995. And it comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back Guarantee. So give it a try. You don't have anything to lose. 800, the number four, relief. Lose your pain. There's no better gift for yourself or for a loved one than feeling good again. Just try it. The three-week quick start. It's relieffactor.com or 800-4-RELIEF. Relieffactor.com. Another great Christmas present is Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn Plus. You'll save 30 bucks.
Tonight on Blaze TV, we often hear about the deep state, but what is it actually? Our forefathers designed this country with checks and balances. Uh, It's actually kind of funny. Framers hated government so much. They created a system that was directly at odds with each other to try to slow things down. You can make the case the U.S. government as a system is the most inefficient of Western nations and the president is the weakest head of state. That's the way it was designed. But that was so 247 years ago now, wasn't it? Um, I don't think the founders ever anticipated the monster that would become the United States federal bureaucracy. Uh, we just talked about it. SEC is going to create something that will totally change America. How, how, do they, how do they do that? No checks and balances. This is where the state lives, practically unimpeded. Uh, it's where people like you and me go to jail or audited by the IRS or anything else that never seems to happen to the select few or organizations up at the top. Um, the deep state, what is it? Well, Donald Trump was first one to kick the hornet's nest. And in doing so, they retaliated unlike anything any of us have ever seen in America before. He's now possibly going to jail for what? Tonight, I'm going to speak of uh, speak to one of Trump uh, Trump's closest advisors that saw the deep state firsthand from inside the intelligence community. He's going to name names, and it's all going up on my chalkboard. This is a very different Glenn Beck Wednesday night special, and very important. What is the deep state? Who's in it? You want to know who has the uh, Jeffrey Epstein diary and black book? Oh, name names today. You will not believe who has that in their hands. Oh, no power with that. Don't miss Wednesday night, tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern on Blaze TV, 9.30 Eastern on my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Glenn Beck. Trump Administration Advisor Insider exposes every level of the deep state that's tonight at nine only on blaze tv right after a brand new stew does america Uh, so from the new york times republicans sideline zelensky with border demands imperiling aid really so wait i want to get this right the people in washington don't want to make a deal to protect our borders They won't make that deal and at the same time protect somebody else's border. They just want to protect somebody else's border and not ours. It's insanity. Now, Biden said he's open to compromise here, Glenn. Oh, I mean, he? come on. Yeah, but common he, sense. He said common, common sense, sense policies yes. they can work together on, yeah. which, of course, means theirs, theirs. on the highway. Um, but they did add the addendum. We're not talking about some major reworking of you know some extreme political agenda of course so <laughs> so in other like, words, you know like we're not going act- back to any kind of law and order on the border right yeah that's a little too crazy extreme you know i what do you think the most likely outcome here is of this what i here's let me just toss out mine you right, tell me yeah, if you think yeah, this yeah, is yeah. right yeah the republicans claim some sort of border victory it is uh, very unsatisfactory to people who actually care about the border, but they can say something. They get some money for the border. They build eight inches of fence, whatever, you know, something <laughs> like that. And then this money still flows to Ukraine. I think that's the most likely outcome of this. 
The, uh, re- Republicans cave by saying they got some sort of border victory, which is very un- unsubstantial. Okay. So I think you're right, except they get something out of it. <laughs> they don't think the eight inches of no, wall. No, I think they claim victory. They mm. definitely cave. And the money goes uh, to uh, Zelensky in Ukraine. That's, that's what I think. And it's all going to happen. Well, whatever happened to the budget talks? Wasn't that supposed to be done, you know, right after Thanksgiving? I thought it was January. Oh, is that they've moved I thought it that the one they passed right before the okay, last deadline January. Put, okay. kicked the can down the road to okay. January in two different dates, All I right. believe. Yes. Um, and you know that the House has just passed a, uh, a FISA, new FISA regulation that makes warrantless wiretaps even more likely to happen. That's, that's from your friends in the GOP mm. as well. Wonderful. So they're great. Would you, mm. would you, Glenn Beck? Yes. This I can fa- tell you right politics now. Fa- no. Politics fantasy league. Here. All right. Let me give okay. you a, let me give you a couple. Right. I got a couple scenarios. For okay. You. Would you support what I support? This money going to Ukraine. And again, when I say this money, what does that mean? I don't know. It was 60 billion, 100 billion, an infinite amount. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe we just put a printing press in Kiev and just let them print it when they need it. Why I don't not? know. I don't we know. should put it in Whatever. every foreign capital. <laughs> yes, just just print the cash as yeah. you need it. We that's the problem. It's like the an transporting ATM of the machine cash. except it's printing. <laughs> yes, that's the better yeah. policy. Then you have to st- you know what? we can stop having these conversations about yeah. it. Um so easy. Would you support if they said this money's going to go to Ukraine for, to fund this war effort, but you get a an actual border wall? They put up a border wall over the entire no, border. No, because I don't believe they'll do the border wall. I would say, yes, you're going to put the military down. You're going to stay in Mexico, remain in mm-hmm. Mexico, goes back in, and you're actually funding real security. Yeah, I'd give one more one more dip in the bank for Ukraine if that's what If you took. actually got like a legit border policy, yeah. you were happy and with. Here's what, and here's what that would buy. It would not only buy America's security i mean uh, uh, who's gonna answer for the next terrorist attack my guess is nothing because they'll just lock everything down because it will be so horrible that they just can't have any kind of misinformation and you got to stay in your house to be safe um who's gonna answer for that who's gonna answer for that because this is the time where we're letting people remember we let people stay after their visa expired. How irresponsible. Who's responsible for that? We got to create a big institution so we can take care of that. There's no question when a bomb or something happens with Islamic terrorism or any kind of Chinese do anything, anything. Their militaries practically are here now. They're civilians. So who's going to take responsibility for that? So how does that work out in the end? If you are really truly, if you care about your political future, you know if you're not fighting this, you're on the list. So how does that end? How does that work out? Hmm. Hmm. How does that work out? Now, how does it work out for Zelensky in Ukraine if we just say, no, you're not getting any more money? No more money. Uh, you know, in a short period of time, Russia overruns the country, right? Eventually. Uh, and yes. And Zelensky has already said he's thinking about going to the negotiating table in January. With what? What cards do you hold now? Well, this is the hawkish argument, though. No, you, I, you need to give no. them cards to hold so they can get a negotiation, right? right? I know that. I mm-hmm. know that. So I'd be willing to give you some cards to hold. 
but you would have to secure our border first. No tricks, nothing. You, it's a, it's a one-page deal. On this date, these people cannot cross the border. Hmm. Period. There's n- n- none of this stuff is happening. Because you, you do need some details because they'll build yeah, a border wall that's four inches tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll <laughs> and say there's some other reason. No, We're building there. it, but we don't, you know, right. it's still a problem. And I think I mean, you, you, you always have those questions of, as to whether they'd follow through with it. But I have to tell you, everybody in Washington knew they were losing the public. The public was with Ukraine at the beginning, mm-hmm. and then it started to erode. And when it was eroding, it was eroding in big chunks. So everyone knew. I knew. You knew. I mean, you know, the person at the 7-Eleven might not have known, but that's that's why we don't have the person at 7-Eleven making these decisions in Congress. That's why we have a representative republic. So they all knew. And why why wasn't the president or anybody who says they care, Lindsey Graham, why weren't you saying six months ago, look it, you have a real chance of losing the American people. They're already starting to fall away. Get to a negotiating table because I can't promise anything. Yeah, no, I mean, and this has happened with every war, right? right? right. I mean, I'm pretty much, I mean, you think of go back to Iraq. I mean, remember that Iraq became this big divisive issue between Republicans and Democrats yep. throughout the 2000s. People forget that almost all Democrats supported that war. Uh, They almost all voted for it uh, in Congress to authorize that war. Uh, The same thing is happening right now. I mean, you know, Biden is uh, doing something he should not do by warning Netanyahu publicly that he's going to lose the world and the support for this war. Though the underlying point there is probably true. Like he is. They are going to lose. No, it's beyond the point of bluffing. So what? No. What, who was responsible for this? Who was responsible for this? The Republicans? The American people? How many, What support for, for more aid to Ukraine? Is, to Ukraine mm-hmm. How much support is there? Uh, right now, this is a, a very recent poll. It just came out uh, this week. Um, 48% of voters said the U.S. was spending too much on sending financial and military aid to Ukraine. Half the country says too much already. 27% said the U.S. was spending the right amount. Just keep spending. We just have this spending. It's okay. And then 11% said the U.S. was not spending enough. 11% say spend more. And then 11. And what's the number of D.C. politicians? 90% yeah. say we're not spending enough? Yeah. Uh, so 95? it is a complete disconnect, Total disconnect from the republic. Yeah. The system of representation. The, 11% of the public say we should send more. And, and to your point, Glenn, those numbers have drastically changed drastically. over the past year or so. I mean, so, if you go back a year from, uh, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they were totally reversed on this. They, the, the U.S., the funding for yep, Ukraine yep, was very yep. popular and opposing it was, you know, a minority position by a large margin. So here's what I, here's what I want you to know, and you need to know this, and you need to spread the word. Who is responsible for a growing war? Because right now they're saying the Republicans, the Republicans are going to, they're going to, Putin's just going to take over the world and we're going to have troops then in Europe. Who's responsible for that? First of all, I don't buy into that. It's Second not impossible. of all, pardon me? It's not impossible no, it's that not he impossible. has larger aims. But why did it happen? Why did it happen? 
because we promised something that we promised in at the end of the Cold War we'd never do. Allow Ukraine into NATO. All we had to do was say, we're going to stick with what we have always said. We wish you well, but we can't bring you into NATO. We already have spoken word treaties on that. We, we made a promise. We, we did Correct. not signal we were going to keep it. Correct. Now, we haven't broken it yet. They're not in NATO. Correct. But we, did, right. we signaled that the, we wanted it Correct. to happen. And we also signaled, as we showed you yesterday, in 2016... That we were going in to take out Putin. We were gonna we were gonna support them and back them on their war yep. with Putin. Okay, that so this has been in the in the works I mean, but, for a know, long time. Again, that's after Crimea, and and there was two years after Crimea. True, yeah. but I mean, it wasn't like I, I, the only thing I would throw in here is it's not like if we lived up to all of our um, promises. Vladimir Putin would have been the nicest guy in the world. No, no, no. I don't buy He's that. He's a bad guy. Yeah, he he would have found no, no, no. some justification to do what he wanted to do right. anyway. But there is a bloodlust in Washington. They want blood. They want a war for some reason. Hmm. I think I could speculate that on that. But there are people that are just hungry and thirsty for a war there. Meanwhile, Putin has brought in even closer now the story today Iran. Well, how do you think that's going to work out? And this is going to be very important because if you try to ask the people who created the problem to fix it, they can't fix it. They created the problem. Stop going to the people who create the problems and saying, well, maybe the Fed can fix it. Well, I mean, what does the Fed say about inflation? What the hell does it matter? They're the ones that created this. Why would we ask for their help or their assistance in anything? Same thing with war. It's not the Republicans because only 11% want more money to go. The Republicans are at least representing the will of the people, which is what they're supposed to do. The key here is they all knew the public was turning sour on this. They should have been stepping on Zelensky's neck months ago, saying, you're going to lose the American people. Negotiate now or you'll have no cards. It's not the Republicans' fault. It's certainly not your fault. Back in just a minute. Okay, there's a gold rush going on right now. Experts are, they're not just optimistic. They are becoming scarily bullish predicting that gold might soar past $2,500. That's only about $400 away from where it is now. That's not a big deal. I've told you for 20 years, gold gets up between twenty-five and 35000 or 3500 an ounce. The world is completely on fire. We're almost there. Now, there's an unbeatable opportunity if you purchase a box of 250 of the new Lincoln quarter-ounce gold coins, you're going to receive a one-ounce gold legal tender bar card at no additional cost. That's over $2,500 in value. You're going to get two of the most famous designs with Goldline. This is not just an investment. It's embracing a legacy. The Lincoln coin that we just finished, I, I was so honored to be able to design this, is in commemoration of the covenant of America that uh, Washington made, our pilgrims made, and finally George Washington uh, remade at Gettysburg. Don't witness history, own a part of it, and keep your financial house in order. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. 
Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, let's let's look at this logically. If if you actually think that Putin is a threat, which I do, that Putin is a bad guy, which I do. And the idea is if you stop funding now, uh we're all going to be at war because Putin will be emboldened. Uh-huh. If you think Putin is bad now, what happens when the United States loses its world reserve currency when united states has 145 percent inflation like they do in argentina what happens is putin empowered is china empowered we're not the country of the 1980s you gotta take a breath get healthy and hold the line while you're doing that it's insane It's insane that these are our leaders. The Glenn Beck Program.